I'm Desmond Hakias. Thank you for joining us with Healing with Aloha podcast, where we bring hope and healing with Aloha. It is such a pleasure of mine to have Keilani Milling on our show. We, we met in a group uh, called Rush Wahine, which is based in Hawaii, and I wanted you guys to meet her. She does so much to, to help us to understand who we are and what we are. And before we go on, Keilani, would you like to share with them what you do? Yes, yes. Hello, everybody. Aloha. Um, it's so nice to meet everybody out there. I am an astrologer. I'm also a tarot reader and a self-care specialist. So I'm a person who helps people uh, listen to themselves and listen to their intuition. And no worries. <laughs> listen to themselves and help them listen to their intuition so that they can make choices in their life that they feel good about and that are empowering for them. Thank you. Um, so what is the today is a special day right and you do astrology can you share with us what's so special about today yeah so today we have a full moon (laughs) we have a full moon in Aquarius so I mean I feel like every day is a special day because the planets are constantly moving and we have different energies that are coming in and out And my goal is always to share with people how to align themselves with the energies that are happening in the world. So that way you're not like fighting against it. You're like working with the energy. So that is like always how I like to um, encourage people to do. So today we have a full moon in Aquarius. So full moons typically are a time where we release something. We let things go. The energy has been building up into this point. And Aquarius, the energy of Aquarius, and we also have um, the sun square um, Uranus, which is also ruled by Aquarius, and also the moon square Uranus. So we have a lot of this um, energy that's shaking things up in terms of like where we want to go or how we do things. So, so basically, there's been some things in our lives that we've been maybe a little bit stubborn about or things that we haven't wanted to do or things that a change that needed to happen that we've been a little stuck with. The full moon energy in Aquarius is encouraging us to kind of like jump out of that. And it might cause some things to happen in our lives that shake us up a bit and gets us back on track to where we should be going in our lives. And I think like, as we work with all the energies, some of the energies are a lot soothing, you know, some of them like feel really good and feel really yummy because we're also in Leo season right now. So that's the time to kind of, sort of <laughs> that's like, you. smile. Yeah, that's me. I'm a, I'm a Leo. <laughs> and so that's like a smiling time and a time to be like creative and fun and like get in contact with like our inner child and things like that. But there's also times where we need a little bit more structure and we need a little bit more restriction, which is like kind of Saturn and what's been happening, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. So we, we're always moving throughout and the moon is always changing because it's the thing that's closest to our planet and that's changing all the time. So we'll feel that, especially for people who, depending upon where their moon is, and if they have a moon in Aquarius, they're really going to be feeling that. So know that there's going to be some wobble, the way that you've been doing things or the, a structure that you've had up, you might have to attack it from a different um, way, or you might actually have some energy that um, comes in and that causes you to do things differently. And so you just have to kind of flow with that. And that's going to be the important thing because if you fight against it, it can be a little rough. Yeah. I was just going to say, so you just got to go with the flow. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are there's blockage like, like uh, for, for many of us, I can personally yeah. speak. Uh, we have blockage. Like we know yeah. what we want to do, but we hold ourselves back. And so we kind of need that disruption to break out. Yes. In a good way. Absolutely. It's not Absolutely. comfortable, but it's 
in the end, it's good. <laughs> absolutely. And I think to see the good. Absolutely. And I think when we know that, when we, when we've had enough of working with that energy in our lives, that we know that there's times where things are going to take a sudden shift and we can actually look back. I think that's why it's really important to be able to look back in our lives and to journal and the times where you've had, you've dealt with tough things to even have maybe a separate journal of like things that I've overcome so that when you're coming up against the next wall and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get over this or under this or through this, you can look back at the times exactly at the times and look at those entries and say, I don't know how I was going to get through this. And then you see at the last minute, something, you, you know, you got a helper at the last minute, you got a different idea of a way to go through it. And, you know, so it's really important to think about what's happened in the past and how you overcome things and then you're gonna you know make sure that you continue to do that in the future so it's like a stepping stone like it's a reminder of the stepping stones that you have had breakthroughs in uh to mm-hmm. to lean back on because like you know how, like they say do like a gratitude journal or but then this is a different one it's about yeah. how you're going through a moment and as you're yeah. processing it seeing it you're learning then it's something you can revert to when you're like okay here i am again I'm in a, a new new mm-hmm. event, new lesson, new moment. Okay, yeah. what did I, how did I, you know, what, what did I do at that moment? And then maybe you can yeah. apply, because your brain maybe is like, oh my gosh, right now I'm going through a traumatic time. But then oh, you yeah. have a reference point. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we're going through trauma and we're going through something difficult, it's really hard to have that clarity of mind because our emotions are welling up so high we sometimes just can't see the way out. You know, you're so far in the pit. All you're seeing around you is just the hole and and the distance from where you are and the place that you want to be. So if you can kind of track back and look at, I felt this way before. This is something that's happened before in my life. It's also something that I've seen happening before in other people's lives. And I know that it's just that one step forward. And I think um, one time I was listening to Oprah talk about like uh, accomplishments or not so much of getting over hard things, but if you have a goal and it's like just this kind of really lofty goal that you want. And she said, one thing that you have to do is just take the next step. You don't have to think about, I mean, of course, there's going to be like a plan that you have to get you where you want, but all you really Mm -hmm. have to think about is taking the next logical step, you know? And if we do it where we're just taking step by step by step, you know, before we know it, we'll get to the end of it. You know, it's not a race. I mean, I always think life is a race and it doesn't have to be like in that sense because a race means that there's winners and losers. And I don't Mm -hmm. ever think that, I think it's a journey. I think it's an excursion. I think it's a trip, you know, like we're all going that way. I mean, you've been to Molly before. It's like the road to Hana. It's not like when you get to Hana, you're like, yeah, but it's actually like all the waterfalls. It's all the single lane bridges. It's all the things that you go through along the way, your way along the way. Absolutely. And that's where you grow. And that's where you take those moments. Yeah. So I don't like to look at life as a race. I like to look at it as a journey because then you're actually experiencing and savoring every moment until you get there. Well, and it's a personal journey and a unique journey. And, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we can compare our journey to someone else, but it's like apples and oranges. There's nothing to compare. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's why like what you do is, is really profound. And like, remember we were talking earlier that Mm -hmm. some people can feel like, Oh, you're, you do astrology, you do tarot reading. (laughs) They're kind of standoffish. Like, cause maybe we didn't grow up, you know, being exposed to tarot reading or astrology and, what have you found that you've had to do to introduce it to people yeah, who are fearful yeah. of the idea? 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm really nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think most people know that because of kind of my, 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 my humor disarms a lot of fears a lot of the times. But as we were talking about before, when I first started this journey into doing it professionally, because I have another business um, where I was a party entertainer. So I was doing a lot of events and I was doing corporate events and I was doing like birthday parties and bar and bat mitzvahs and all kinds of fun stuff. And so I would be reading for a lot of people who didn't necessarily hire me to do their personal <laughs> reading. Now, when I do readings, most people hire me. So they know, you know, they, they've either watched my videos, they kind of know what, a, they have a working knowledge of what tarot and astrology is. So they want it. These are people who would just sit down in the chair and they're like, hi, like, are you going to tell me something horrible? <laughs> really really nervous like dooming gloom dooming there's a crystal yeah yeah exactly they're just like oh my god please don't tell me anything like, don't tell me anything like don't don't talk about this one topic like don't want to talk about my relationship I, you know so you, i would have people you know like have like like this is the structure this is what i want to know and this is all and kind of tarot doesn't work like that it's going to tell you what you need to know important to get you to the other side and so I think a lot of times people because of movies and because of like you know television and all of kind of the commercialization of divination all very different things that all of us do and we all have very different approaches I think I have a unique approach because I can really reach out to people who are a little afraid or people who even have a religious background I have a lot of clients that are Christian or that are Buddhist or that are Hindu, or that are Muslim. Like I have a lot of clients who are involved in a major religion, but they still like to work with energy. And I and I always tell people when I do readings for them, whether that's tarot readings, or we go through their astrological birth chart, or Kissology readings, which you have had before. Yes, <laughs> Whatever that is, it's like, like get Kisology. a Kissology. Yes, I will. <laughs> so a Kissology reading is a type of divination. So let me kind of sort of start with like, what is divination? So divination okay. is actually using it can be using anything it can use your intuition you can use cards you can use um palm palm reading kissology which is a lip print reading all of these things to kind of support it either can do a couple of things it can tell you about your future it can tell you about the bet like any questions that you have about what's going on in your life it can tell you about your psychology it can answer questions about some things that you have hidden that you want to know so it's just really shedding light on what's going on so we use lots of different tools for that. And people use many different things. I, for one, use one tool called, called Cartomancy, and that's actually using cards. So I use tarot cards. Oh, okay. um, I use oracle cards. For, so for people who maybe, um, for tarot, some of the imagery might be a little scary because, you know, we have um, the death card, which people kind of don't really like a lot yeah. because of how it's interpretive. It doesn't mean that someone's going to die in your life, but it doesn't mean that's the ending of something, you know? And, you know, that is life. Life is all about beginnings and endings, right? Beautiful butterflies had to end their life as a caterpillar. Yeah. They no longer can be that in order for them to transform into the beauty and, and be like a winged being that can float places. Wow. You can't do that as a caterpillar. Caterpillars just kind of stay on the tree and eat. <laughs> you know, that's a different energy. So death comes at the precipice of transformation. So when you pull the death card, it doesn't mean people are going to die and all of that. It just means the death of something. It can mean the death of a toxic relationship. It can mean the death of a habit that is 
you know, really keeping you under the gun, especially if you're suffering with some sort of like um, substance abuse issues. It can be the death of a relationship that's no longer working for you that's wow. abusive or anything, you know. So, so again, you know, it's all in the interpretation. So that, that would be cards. Um, kissology, which is what you've got, is a reading, <laughs> it's so funny, of your lip print. Um, so basically what everybody does is apply some really pretty lipstick, whatever one you want, and kiss on a kiss card, and I read the imprint of the lips. So the kissology is interesting and fun because I think it's a little bit lighter than what people, we still get in depth. It's amazing how detailed you can get with your lips and your lip prints actually change. So people have oh, kissology really? readings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're like our hand prints. I should do it a year, a, a year yeah. from now because I just yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. Okay. And so it tells you a little bit about your energies, what you're working with, your natural tendencies, um, some things to look out for, some things that might be on the horizon. And I, what I find that's most powerful for Kissology, which are for people who might be nervous about other readings, is that it really tells you like the secrets within your heart. Like what are some wow. of the things that you, I often find that in Kissology readings that people who are kind of like shadow creatives, people who hide, like who like, I really wanted to always sing or write music or be a writer or what, you know, that comes out on your lips, you know, it's just like, so what, like, I'll always say to somebody, so are you an artist? What kind of art? And they're like, no, I, like, what do you, I mean, like, well, I did paint like a year ago, but I had, and that's like, yeah, I've been wanting to really do that, you know, so it's always interesting how it's uncovering like your desires, because a lot of times we don't really we're so busy with the day to day, you know, with, with I like I have to pay rent. I got to take care of my kids and like my husband, my wife, you know, all of the things that are just keep us under the gun that our desires and our dreams and our goals and our aspirations just get hidden and we just don't have time for them. So I think that when you get readings, it's uncovering the things that you felt like you didn't have time for. And now it, it was in your head before and you kind of buried it in your heart. But now a card says that, like, that's the magic. The magic is, is like, what was hidden? Now a card says, and now you have to hold a reader, at least accountable in the reading. And so then you can't really back away from that. You have to deal with the things that were buried, you know? I remember and I think that, um, you did that with us, uh, the group yeah. um, we're in Rushohine. And mm -hmm. it was interesting because I was one of those people who were hidden like you're like hey so I see you, you know you do this and that I'm like oh yeah yeah and and it kind of like gave me permission to um to do it more because mm -hmm. I think it's almost like we're so caught up in uh the doing daily day-to-day -day, you know like mm -hmm. cook eat clean whatever work yeah. and yeah. we we have to literally commit to ourselves to self-care and to doing things that that makes us happy and absolutely and and it's good but mm -hmm. to 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 make time for it like mentally and even physically putting it into our schedule and it, the kissology was it was good because i've been holding back on my artsy artistic side and you're like you know you like to sing dance and i was like i do but like i'm so busy <laughs> trying to be professional and how i'm conveying what I do with podcasting, speaking, or not that I hold back, but then like just being your authentic self and, and, and growing with it. Like that's, that was the yeah. best part I learned from the Kissology and other people learned a lot too. <laughs> yeah. Other, other people were like, how did you know that? And then other people were like, I'm sinking quietly into the, <laughs> Please don't tell. And that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. And that's interesting too. I think like with, with, the the burden of knowledge has been an interesting thing as a, as a person who's a reader and intuitive like 
you just do tend to know certain things and you can see certain things and knowing when to, you know, share with people what you see and then knowing when to allow people to work through that. And then if they ask for help too. And so that's always like an interesting thing when you're in this field from my perspective of, you know, trying to not be like the know-it-all and allowing people their journey. Like, you know, sometimes a lot of times when we care for people, we want to save them. We're like, you're it, like, it's like watching a horror movie and you know, you're like, don't open the door. He's, he's behind the door. Like, don't, you know, and you're just like, no, you know, and sometimes I mean, not to say life is always like that, but sometimes we want it when we care about people, we want to scream to like, don't go there. Don't do that. And sometimes we don't understand that they have to make their choices and it's through the choice and it's through the consequence that they've learned that greatest lesson. And allowing that, especially when you're an intuitive person and you don't have to be a reader. Many of us, actually, I believe all of us are intuitive. So it's like everybody that is like intuitive and empathic and can feel, you know, but we love people like our children, our family members, our spouses, and we just want to like save, 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 and just kind of allowing people and trusting people and, and just being there for them, knowing that whatever happens, you know, I will be there to support, but we know we can't really control people. Ultimately, we make all of our own decisions and ultimately no matter what kind of reading you have or no matter what kind of astrological chart you have and people are like, these signs are better than that. I don't believe that. I don't really kind of share my view of astrology with people like that. I think all the signs are beautiful because all the signs are all about the evolution of the human. And so at every stage of humanity, at every stage in, in, in the um, astrology and the signs specifically, we're celebrating different aspects of humanity, starting with Aries, with, with the baby, the just being born, just recognizing who you are in this space, moving all the way to Leo season, which is like, I play and I'm creative and I do that in the space all the way to just, you know, Libra, which is like, I like to partner up with people and share ideas. And I want to know what it's like to be with another person in the space all the way to Aquarius, which is like, I'm thinking about the community and the whole, and then Pisces, which is you, which is like, okay, so I'm here. I, I'm the, the, the person that has the highest evolution. So part of me is here, but also there's a part of me that is like galactic, that's like larger. And I'm translating all these life experiences to the grand overall human experience, which is my soulful self. So I think there's, so there's no such thing. So people, I mean, you know, there's a lot of signs that get a lot of ratted, like Scorpios get a lot of hell. <laughs> like, all like associated to like negative Virgos, connotations. But yeah, Virgos get a lot, you know, but there's beautiful things in yeah. all, all of that, you know, a Scorpio's ability to... Um, hold space and go to the dark place. The, the Scorpio's ability to, I mean, really is literally the phoenix. You know, people have a lot of it, a Pluto, especially in their chart, have come through trauma, massive trauma, and have transformed their trauma and actually made it an asset and have gone out to help other people with that. And going deep and truth and honesty is something in that sign that's beautiful. And Virgos, which everybody thinks are really anal <laughs> and really specific and have to have everything perfect. You know, there's some, there's a beauty quality to like the creative person, like putting stuff out and then taking it to their editor. Like the, you know, if you're a writer, you've written this beautiful, like 
gorgeous novel and your editor is the person that takes all of the beauty and everything and says, okay, we need to make this concise and I'm perfecting this. I'm making this into something that's really going to be beautiful and finished and polished. And I'm holding you to your highest self in a physical sense and also in like a spiritual sense. So I think all of the signs have something beautiful. So never feel like, oh my gosh, I'm this sign and it, people always tease me. I mean, you're more than just your sun sign too. There's your moon and your rising and other things. So um, yeah, I just find it to be very useful in, in like learning about yourself without being judgmental because you're saying to yourself like, okay, these are, the, these are the planets that were in play and these were the aspects and angles that were in play when I was born. And this is how it kind of manifests throughout my lifetime. And so I'm working with these energies and these kind of like natural tendencies I have, but at any time I can change. At any time, I can you know allow myself to go along with it, or I can change it. But I think it just makes a person a lot more open-hearted. And and I think for myself, I become way more tolerant when I know other people and what their energy is. I can really respect like a creative. They tend to be a certain way. Yeah. Sorry, it's um, it's stalling. you know i'm not like trying yet are we back okay no, i think yeah. i see you are we back okay there yeah no okay there you go <laughs> yeah sorry sorry guys if you're um listening to this um there's the the internet is stalling us <laughs> at- okay <laughs> but we're back <laughs> yeah we're here we're here Right here. So taking, I think it allows you to understand people on a deeper archetypal level. And instead of personalizing certain parts of their behavior, how they are, you can kind of understand it and appreciate it and then be supportive of it. So Imani, I think it's your actually... picture's frozen. Oh, am I frozen? Oh, no. I don't know. Can you can I turn the video off and then turn it back on? Okay, let's see. Let's do that. Stop video. Okay, is that better? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, all right, great. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. That, the, you know what it is? Everybody, we're in a pandemic. Everybody's online. Everybody's so online. People are at home watching TV on their exactly. internet. And what, so everybody's. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, exactly. And right now yeah. is the prime time. People are on their lunch breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're at work and the kids are home. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, I, wa- I I know we spoke earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. When people are coming to you, the you explain to me it's not the intention of them relying on me to tell them how to live their lives. Remember, mm-hmm. we're ta- can you mm-hmm. expand more what you're oh, saying yeah. about that? Absolutely. So yeah, it's not uh, people. I don't want people to feel that um, tarot or astrology is like a bottle that you would give a baby, like something that is like that you need and that you're dependent on. And that is this is your life source because it's not, it's supposed to support. It's a supportive system. Um, But really, again, it's just showing you information that you already know and you take that information and then decide what you're going to do with it. So it's always in your hands. I mean, again, I think I mentioned this to you before, I've never had a reading where I've actually read for someone and they've told me everything that I said was like, I've had readings where maybe I read something in the future that hadn't happened, but along the lines of the energy of it and everything, people already knew people know what they're dealing with people. I think a lot of it is really just uncovering and bringing to surface things that 
people really like to bury or they don't want to face or they don't feel ready to face. But like everybody comes saying like, okay, I know I'm dealing with this. Let's see what the cards say about it. But they already know and they've usually already made a decision. Um, they've made a decision like an internal decision, but they haven't acted on it. And I think in seeing the imagery in the cards, then they're saying, oh, okay, so this is just reiterating what I already know. And now I can act, choose to activate on it or not. You know, that's, that's always your choice. A lot of it is possibly people are myself in general as people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they, like you said, they come, they already know, they already know inside what they need to do, but it's just the fear of what if I, I stop doing this or I end this relationship or I end this career or, and like how you're saying people associate when they do the tower readings, like the debt, like it's, um, yeah you know, like yeah. someone who dies. No, it's yeah. yourself having yeah. to move on to the next chapter. Yeah. And I think everyone, whether you get a tarot reading or not, um, endings or knowing when to leave something is very, very hard for people because we're human beings. We're communal beings. We love other people and we love to be in relationship. And I think when relationships end, whether that be love relationships, family relationships, business relationships or just you're 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 taking your relationship to the next level it can even mean deepening your relationships like many people when the relationship especially when we're talking about like love relationships sometimes when you're falling in love and you're taking that people get very afraid because it means the death of the surface part it means like wow i gotta show up and i've got to commit and I'm about to have a family and that can be frightening. So whether you're leaving something or you're going deeper into something that is scary because people don't always love a lot of change. We're creatures of habit. We love to know how things are going to be. We love to see, be able to predict how things are going to be. And then when things are changing all of the time, that wreaks a lot of havoc in our minds. And we can just see that, you know, based on the world right now with the pandemic, I think the most, there's so many layers to the pandemic as to why it's so stressful for us emotionally and physically at this time. But I think one of the biggest things is, and I would always, whenever um, I do readings about the pandemic, I'm always picking the moon card. And the moon card is, is the card of the shadow, is the, I, you know, you don't really know what's going on. You're in moonlight, you're in obscurity. And it's through being content and comfortable, maybe not content, but being able to still navigate in obscurity is, is the key to survival right now. Cause we don't know one day it's this, the next day it's this, the numbers were like this, then they go up. We're able to open, then we're closed again, you know, and we have, it, it exists. It doesn't, you know, there's so many things that are going with this and we're all looking for like one solid narrative and we're, we are not getting that. Yeah, we're and not we getting might it. not be getting that for a long time. And so the question then becomes, well, what is the truth and who has the truth? And there's so many truths and things like that that are circulating, right? And conspiracy theories and all of that. And I can just say, and I spoke about this in my live, I think it was two lives ago, two weeks ago, that sometimes we might not know what the truth is. And we're not the only ones in any given time where, where we don't have the truth. We don't have access. We're used to it. And I know like social media makes us feel like we have the truth, 
But even when you don't know what the truth is, you can still live in a righteous place, right? You can still make sure that you're making good decisions, that you're still loving people, that you still have healthy boundaries, that you still are communicating, that you're still being the type of human being that you want to be, and, yes. and, and that you're not sacrificing your personal morals for that until things get to a place where we know what's really going on. Like we have, there is the truth and then there's our internal truths, you know? Yes. And so when we don't have the truth in the world, and this isn't the only time, because sometimes we think everything's good and we might be living the biggest lie because we don't know, like politics, and how, you know what I mean? Like right. we never know. There's a lot of things that we don't know. The back we end. Just, <laughs> exactly. But all we have is like what we're doing and how we're showing up and what we're saying and how we choose to live our life and how we choose to treat each other individually, you know? And I think that if we can be pono about that, then when things are revealed, then we can kind of sort of figure out what to do. And I think just using our intuition is the most important thing. And I had another, I have a YouTube video about that, um, about intuition and, and when to know when you're coming from a place of paranoia and when you're coming from a place of intuition, because they can feel similar in conspiracy theory and stuff. All those things can feel very much like, like, I think I know what's going on, but if you're having panic and if you're afraid, and if you're, and, and if you don't trust anybody, and if you, you know, if you're having all of that, that could be fear. That mm. might not necessarily be intuition. Intuition tends to be a little quieter, a little softer, a little more assured. Um, it might ask questions. It might want to do some research, you know? So time, if, if the thing is, is if we haven't been doing this work all along, if we've been kind of sort of just like rolling through our lives, like most of us do, because, you know, that's kind of sort Autopilot. of the world. Yes. now yeah autopilot exactly now it's like okay we actually have to listen to, you know and, and we're alone right and we're alone so that's i mean that's just huge the hermit card there's a tarot card card um called the hermit card and the hermit card is all about the wizard he looks like a wizard and he's like holding up this lantern and he's in a cave and it's actually um the card that's associated with virgo and it's all about like being alone in a space and figuring out who you are and being the best person you are. But he's like alone in a cave and he has to use the, the light, the lantern that he has, which is representative of the light within himself to figure out who he is and what he wants. But the only way for the hermit to do that is to be alone and to go on the journey alone, actually, to go into the cave alone and to figure that out. And so collectively, we are all having our little hermit moments wow. you know, right yeah, now. I was going to say that's true because depending yeah. like where you're at some people mm -hmm. are on lockdown or they're yeah. they're restricted to go out of their homes yeah. or if they go out of their homes they have to like certain things and that's kind of like the situation that we're in and remember yeah. we were talking about in in some instances it's important for us to have boundaries and to disconnect from social media tv all that stuff to oh, ground yeah. ourselves in the midst yeah. of it all because it, yeah. it, it can just we can spiral. Oh, absolutely. I think when social media, a lot of the times is a thing that it reminds me of like back in the day, I don't know if doctors still do this, but you know, remember in the, in the TV shows, the doctors would have that little thing and they would hit your knee, your knee would go like that. You know, like that was like the quintessential, like I'm yeah. going to the doctor and the doctor has a stethoscope and he hits <laughs> your knee and your knee goes up like that. doesn't have, I don't even think that the happens reflex, anymore, yeah. The reflex, the reflex of your knee. So I feel like that social media, it's constantly hitting and we're just re reacting. We're, re we're in a constant state of reacting. We're not necessarily creating. And I think that like 
for me at least, and I work with a lot of people, and this is why I think creativity and art is so important because it helps us process emotion. I mean, that's why we do it. We don't really know of other, any other mammal species that creates beautiful things for the sake of wanting beauty or to create. It's more so like the bird of paradise who creates this, does this whole dance and creates this nest so that he can mate. That's a true like desire. It's something that he biologically needs to continue to perpetuate that. But we as humans, we create things so that we can actually live and deal with all of the things that are going on in our world. And so having boundaries, especially with social media right now, is really important. And so for some people, that looks like letting go of friends. It looks like letting go of family members in various different ways. Like, you know, some you can snooze, you can unfriend, you can block, you can do whatever, but that's happening. And I think that that's like a really good thing, especially for people who haven't been able to really hold boundaries before. I mean, it feels great for those of us who are like, I'm a boundary person, that pretty feels pretty natural. But there's those of us who've actually taken a lot, who were really not good about boundaries, but yeah. now because the cup is like overflowing, you're like, I, I can't take this. I need to turn off the television. I need to snooze this Minimize. person for a while. Yeah. And I think self-care, if it, we've been all, like, those of us who work in this, we're always talking about self-care, right? And it's like self-care, self-care. But this, if there was ever a time <laughs> in <Not> your life- <laughs> that you thought that self-care was silly or whatever, like this is, like when else, you know, hopefully we'll never have another, another global pandemic, right? <laughs> I hope not. But this is the time. If you did not make time for self-care, this is it. This is the time to figure out what it is that, that I like to call, like what, it, what is your battery? How can you recharge? And again, I always encourage people in nature if they can get out. And some people can't. So it could mean a house plant. It could mean a bath. It could mean like a nice long shower. It could mean a foot bath. It could mean doing your nails, doing your hair, deep conditioning, watching movies with your friends, playing board games, like unplugging. You know, for my birthday, my birthday was last Monday and we thought we had the hurricane coming, you know? And so like we were just had missed it, but like my birthday plans for Monday were shot, you know? Cause I thought it was going to be like a lot of rain and stuff like that. Yeah. Disaster. So, so I was like, okay, well, I'm really glad the hurricane didn't happen, but like my birthday is like, I didn't, you know, everything was closed because everybody thought it was going to be closed because, you know, so nothing was open. They planned and so, to shut down. Yeah, right. Exactly. They planned to shut down. So, um, so we, I had bought a bunch of board games for this time period, you know, oh, nice. and I just, I had already assi- decided that like, okay, I'm just going to have this hurricane birthday. <laughs> right. I had to reframe it for myself. And so I, we ended up playing a bunch of board games and, it, and, and I have a son and it's just had been so long that we had played a board game. Uh, it's just amazing. And I forgot. And even he was just like, I forgot how fun this was and how fun <laughs> and how much we laughed and how, you know, you, you just kind of forget that like those kind of like how fun going to the beach, Simple, you know, yes. I mean, we go to the beach all the time because we live in Hawaii, but like uh, for other people who don't like go, if going to the beach is something you do twice a year, then do that, you know, taking a walk in the park. Um, you know, taking a walk with your kids, taking a longer walk with your dog, going a different path than you usually go, playing board games, doing an art project, putting together puzzles, like whatever like tactile things, you know, I think self-care is really related a lot to the inner child and the inner child and the archetype of the child is kind of, you know, a symbol of Leo season. So this is a great time to do self-care because Leos like to be like luxurious and, you know, (laughs) And all of that, like that's the thing, right? You know, with Leo's, yeah. we love luxury and all of that. And I think 
like that kind of has this very superficial, like that would be that negative stereotype of they love luxury and they spend a bunch of money, but it doesn't really have to be like that. When we talk about luxury, we're really talking about things that make you feel good, you know, like, like, you know, um, materials that make you feel good, a dress that it looks a certain way on you and you feel good. And it doesn't have to cost whatever, you know, it can cost, you could have got that from the thrift store or hand me down, or you could have paid a lot of money. It's all about what makes you feel good. You know, and, and so when we get into commercialism, commercialism says you have to travel here to have this experience to feel good. You have to mm-hmm. have this dress by this designer with this price tag to feel good. Not about that. You know, it's all about what makes you feel good. And you only know that by going and experiencing and doing different things. And I think when you follow your senses, like what smells good, what tastes good, what feels good, you know, that's kind of sort of puts you in that I think it's good, like what you're explaining, because like the podcast Healing with Aloha, uh, it's it's addressing um, life, you know, as we navigate life, um, you know, we address like grief and loss support, um, mental health and self care, Mm -hmm. and like you said, it doesn't have to, um, like self care doesn't have to come at a price tag. Yeah, it can just be leaning into something that um, fills you up. Um, with love and joy and peace Uh, like we were talking earlier the ability to have joy peace and love in the midst of like a pandemic or going through um, a loss of a job or changes in our family dynamics and whatnot it's it's very valuable because Mm -hmm. it's easy to be happy when you have money in the bank when your job is going great whatever but your your mental strength emotional like intelligence to to have joy and peace and happiness is it's it's very special and and that's what that's an art that we can learn during this pandemic because like you said we don't know how much longer the kids are supposed to have gone back to school the time got pushed back what if it gets pushed back again you know so do we just be unhappy no we we we, every day we just go it each day and we strive to do activities whether it's nature or in the home depending on our life situations to to find that harmony for us according to what we need because what makes you have harmony listening to music or doing yoga is great but maybe someone else like your son has to do martial arts yeah exactly And I think like also understanding that we can still find ourselves to the other side and we can still find happiness, even if it looks different than the way that it used to look. And that just has to do with becoming more flexible, you know, like, like we're here. And I think that's where gratitude is so important because you're looking at, okay, what do I have? What am I working with right now? Things might not be the most ideal this pandemic is so interesting in the way that there are so many people whose lives are actually very similar. I I have clients who, you know, they're still working, whether, you know, maybe they always had an online thing or had their business. They don't see a big change to their finances and maybe they haven't experienced any kind of loss from the pandemic, like in terms of sickness or death. I also know people who have lost siblings, who have lost parents and grandparents, who have lost their job. They don't know how they're going to pay their rent. They don't know how they're going to do stuff. And it's interesting to me that not everybody is struggling exactly the same way, but everyone is experiencing a grave change in the 
fighting against what is called the new normal. And I just can't wait for things to get back the way that they were. Why can't things be the way that they are? And I was just, it won't, a, it a, won't ever. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I was in a social, this kind of like group that has a lot of memes. And cause I, I told you before, I like a lot of like oh, funny memes humor. And, dark, and dark humor. <laughs> like, I love, I love myself some dark humor. Wait, tell them um, what you're <laughs> saying. You feel that uh, humor is a higher energy. Oh yeah. They're, they're talking about um, energetic spaces and, and humor. And I, I was saying that I think humor, humor and laughter, I think laughter is one of the highest vibrational things. And they say that it could potentially be a higher vibration even than love, wow. you know, in a way. And so, um, so yeah, so that is just, that's fantastic. But, you know, like <laughs> I, I think that finding a way to understand that things may not go back and that new normal doesn't mean new, new jail it doesn't it doesn't mean like it, it has to be as constricted as as people think it is it actually means that it's just a different way of doing things and what we're trying to do is take the things that brought us comfort and joy before and figure out how they're going to fit into this new space and for a lot of people who are just like nope i don't want this i'm not having this i'm not going to deal with the protest i'm not going to deal with the virus i'm not going to i just i just want to go back like take me back that's going to be really hard. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. They just want to not deal. And then there's a lot of people that are like, okay, I'm dealing with this, but, like I'm, but I'm still waiting. I'm still, I'm going, <laughs> you know, and I think that we have to, you know, we have to be gentle with ourselves and try to figure out in the moments of uncertainty, which is what we have, which is what we're going to have. I mean, and just astrologically speaking, to give you guys all the heads up, you know, I have had talked about what July and August was going to be like, which is going to be, you know, kind of sort of what's going on now. Now, in September, October, and November is actually the time where we see a lot of squares with Saturn and Pluto. And those are energies that don't necessarily feel as good. We, we have a Mercury retrograde um, and Mars is going retrograde in November, which is right around the times of the election. So, you know, heads up for the fact that like September, October, November are going to be rough. You know, it, they're not astrologically speaking, looking like they're going to be like the most comforting time of our year in a year that's been a lot of ups and downs. Actually, this month is, is going to be definitely a lot lighter than what starts to happen beginning of September. So for me, with this information, and again, with the burden of knowledge of, you know, <laughs> like what I say to myself, I say, I say to myself, okay, so if I know that there can be some hiccups and there's going to be some bumps and things might be a little challenging, then how can I prepare? What am I going to set forth for myself? You know, is this the time for me to put more time into my work and I should be saving and not maybe because in some of the pain and some of the struggle that like people are buying, you know, like money is one of those things. People are on unemployment. They got stimulus. They, they're feeling really bad. So they're like, spend, spend, you know, cause it makes me feel better. And it's like, and I've been telling everyone save, save, because, you know, we have, we're still in the bumpy ride. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's like, you know, you're on a roller coaster, you know, that the roller coaster is going to end. You don't go on a roller coaster saying this is a roller coaster for the rest of my life. You know, you know, that, 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 the, the highs and the lows of the roller coaster is going to be over. When you first are on it, it's like that, and to me, that's the worst part, because you're like, oh my gosh, it's the first hell, and I'm freaking out. <laughs> you know? It's right. like, if I can get over the first pump, and then, you know, and then and you're the like upside down, and yeah. yeah, you can tell in this analogy, I'm not a fan of roller coasters, but I mean, they're fun, but my heart is like, you know, I, yeah. but, but you know that that's, you know, that's life, that's life right there. Exactly. And you know that what's going to happen, so you kind of 
have psychologically prepared yourself for the things that you saw when you were, because you know they have you sitting there waiting in line and you can see people's horror faces like as they're going through. And I think that makes it even more scary because you're like, she looks so scared. That's going to be me. <laughs> she's screaming. I, that's going to be she's me. She's screaming. That's going to be me. And I, so I think that when we're looking at the ride, which is what's happening now or with astrologers, that's what we see. We, we can say to ourselves, okay, so I know that this is going to be the loop and this is what's going to happen. And you just kind of just get yourself in a place where you understand what you're working with and then you're not fighting it. And so I, my, my fear for some folks is that, um, they, they want to stay in denial. We're gonna, yeah. We're going to go back. We're going to go back. And so what, what, what it's looking like is it's not going to be that way. We're probably going to be in this energy or we will be in this energy at least until December. And then we're going to have a change come next year. So, and I think that, and I think they kind of sort of, you know, they tell us that, you know, well, this could last, you know, it could, but I think if, I just wish in some ways that, um, we know that things are challenging to just be really open. Like a doctor would say, okay, this is the disease that you're working with and this is what it looks like. I think if your doctor was like, well, I think you have something, I'm not really sure. Well, we biopsied, but I'm not sure. You'd be like, oh my gosh, do I have it or not? Like, oh, you know, what is the plan of action? And if you feel that politically and all these things that like, okay, there's no plan. That's when you have to figure that out for yourself. So you know what energy you're working with. You know, this is bumpy ride for this year. This is a bumpy year. This is a transformative year. I have seen people's whole businesses, one of mine included, gone. I have also seen people open and put forth energy into the business that they've always wanted. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and I have seen people leave. Like I've had friends who are just in bad relationships and I have just been like, please. <laughs> see the light, see the light. Get out of this relationship. Yeah, it's just see the light. You're bringing my ring light. See the light. And then, and they're just like, they this went they retrograde and they were like, I'm out. And I'm like, and their life has changed and the happiness their energy and their energy changed their energy lift and now they're thinking about what they want to do so i mean i have seen clients and friends like take this coronavirus pandemic period by the horns and just whip up some stuff because people are like well i have no job so i might as well write that book i've always you know i mean you don't like what else what you know before it was like well i can't because of my job and well you don't have it so you might as well, <laughs> you might as well write that book because you know exactly. you never have this exactly. downtime <laughs> exactly people saying that they've spent time with their kids I, I homeschooled my son um for a very long time and I know moms that were like I wish I could do that but you know my but job I don't to. know what I'm doing now you have to you remember they're working you, from you home know, careful you guys wish for a lot of stuff in 2019 you wish for happiness you wish for your own business you wish to spend more time with your kids and guess what now is the <laughs> time know? to execute yeah for sure i mean and there of course is things trauma and and sadness from the loss of people that is also a reality people that we thought were going to be in our lives um longer that are gone now you know from sickness that we didn't foresee that this was going to happen that way and i think you know, even in accepting and understanding those losses, you know, and processing that, especially when you, you're, it's a lot of loss in a short period of time, it brings a lot of fear up for you too. So, you know, people are juggling everything and you don't have to juggle it all at once. You know, if, if, you know, there's times even for me, for my other business, actually this weekend, interestingly enough, I was really thinking about, um, cause I was looking through, I was, um, uploading some stuff and I was looking through some old photos and all the face painting that I did. Um, I was just kind of going through them and I hadn't really since the beginning of the pandemic looked at any of my work because that 
job, I can't do parties, you know, because of the social distancing. So I'm looking through my photos and I'm looking at all these pictures of all these kids with butterflies on their faces and Iron Man and all this stuff, you know, because I did all of that. And I just was like, boy, like, I love that work. I loved painting on people. I loved being the life of the party. And that's not something that's happening. That's not like it won't ever happen again. I'm sure in a year or so um, it will come back. But right now, I just had to shelve something, something that I worked really hard for, something that I believed in, something that saved my, saved my life. And I enjoyed something that saved my life in a lot of ways that provided for me and my son. And so I've had a mourning period and I was just like, well, well, damn, like I thought I had already mourned that, you know, like, like I was dealing with that in March and now here we are at the beginning of August and it came up again, you know, Memories. and it's just, you, you allow that to say, okay, well, you know, that doesn't feel good. And I understand why I feel that way. And you just kind of sort of sit with that. You breathe it in, you breathe it out. And then I was able to kind of go to the next thing that I was doing. But that's what happens, right? Like, like trauma and pain and loss is a cyclical, it spirals up, right? And, And I love the idea and the visual of it spiraling up because you're at every time you're getting higher in it, but it does come back around. You know, when we lose people, that we're close to and we're dealing with grief and that's such a difficult emotion to deal with because it really is just like someone completely snuffed out the light right grief is so heavy it's a physical it's it's it almost feels like it's more than just your emotions it's like through your whole body and 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 it's just one of those things too that time is the thing that heals and also finding those moments those little moments in between where you can smile and laugh you know a couple years ago I lost my father and um I had never really like it was such it was such a he was sick for a really long time so we knew psychologically it was going to happen he had dementia um, he had dementia for a long time and was able to stay in the home for a while before he was put in a facility. And then um, at the time I happened to be back on the mainland and I knew inside that I was moved back to the mainland for that period of time so that I could be there through his passing. Cause this is going to be something that was really hard on my family because he was like the glue that glue, you know, that stuck everybody together. And mm-hmm. so when that person's gone, it's just like really difficult. And I remember visiting him when I was in the mainland and I could see that you know, he was in really bad shape. And to see somebody who's like this tall, strong man, and he's like, you know, not able to even eat through his mouth. He's eating through, you know, the bag. And it's just, wow. it just seeing who, and you know, it had been a long time since he didn't even been able to recognize me or recognize, you know, my son. He always recognized my mom though, which was really sweet. Aww. But I felt like he knew it was the first time I experienced, because I had a very, very close relationship with my dad. So um, but it was a tumultuous relationship, but it was so close. And I, I felt like his spirit recognized mine. And I just, when I was in there, I asked my mom and um, my son to leave because I wanted to talk to my dad. And so I talked to him and I just said, you know, it's okay for you to leave, you know? And I just told, because I felt like he needed to hear that because he was just holding on. And I was like, you're, you're like, like, I, I don't know what happens. I don't have all the details of after, but I do know that you held on as long as you could and it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. And I mean, and I don't even know if he heard me, but I know his soul heard me. And really it was just about a month and a half after that that he passed. And, um, and then what was so interesting and transformative, especially if you have someone that you're close to that you lose, but you have kind of a tumultuous, you love them, but you had a very tumultuous relationship with 
it's like his spirit, because I do believe in that, like really became so powerful after he transitioned, you know, and he loved animals. So like during his funeral, we saw like all these deer came forward and there's these like um, falcons, like birds are just kind of a thing in our family that would be like our kind of spirit animal and they always come and so birds have been this thing for my father like whenever I've been in situations where I have just been like oh I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this like I'll see feathers like where I don't know how like all the doors were closed how did feathers feathers come in birds will land close to me birds will walk up to me um I've had birds surround me like in a circle before um so he became so powerful after he you know the spirit but but dealing with the grief of that even when I knew that this was going to happen it was something I didn't understand I didn't understand that losing a parent is like you feel it in your DNA like when you're siblings when you're when you're blood you feel it in a way that I couldn't have never expressed um because I hadn't had a loss you know so close to me and so it just took so much time you know uh but but at the, you know, in retrospect and, and looking back at it, you allowed yourself to be have a little visitor here. Yes, I do. Oh, Hi, visitor. Sorry, guys. I have a visitor, my cousin. No worries. We have a cutie patootie. Hi. So, yeah, so we have that, um, we make that transition and we, and we understand, like, you know, where we're going. And we, and we, you know, come yeah, to the other side of that. Okay, know? we'll play outside after, okay? For Tanoi. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we come to, you know, that, that part where we, we give it time and we just understand that it will, you know, it surfaces. There's times where I'll hear songs. My dad loved all kinds of different music and he, I was raised on oldies. So like, I know like all the the fifties and everything, you know, and I'll hear (laughs) songs and they're just like, this song is like what my dad used to sing or whatever. And I just will still feel like, so like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe he's gone or, you know, I wish I would have, you know, I wish we would have been able to have a talk before he got sick, you know, because that was another thing when you're dealing with a parent that has dementia they were gone before their body was gone, right? Because the mind was gone. So you're dealing with two losses. So when they first get sick and they're immobile or they're not, or, you know, you can have loved ones in comas or on, um, that are intubated because that's what's happening with COVID. So it feels like I'm mourning, but you're still here, but I have no connection to you, you know? And so you're mourning that. And then when the body is gone, you know, in that sense, it's It's like another mourning. Yeah. And then you're actually able to really mourn in its totality. It's hard when a person's still alive and will talk to you, but they don't recognize who you are. It's hard to mourn them. It's hard, you know, and and I feel like this was something that happened for years, you know, and and just seeing how difficult that was for my sister and for my mom and for my brother. Um, and, And being the person in the family that was just like, I'm holding that space for them, you know, and then because I was holding the space for everyone, how do I do that for myself? You know, like, how do I process this? You know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, but we move through that and we just, I feel like, um, my sense of, of spirituality and connection helped me through that. You know, when, when my dad, when I, when we found out that he passed, I kind of really was like, 
I was in New York at the time and my family was in Maryland and I was like, I, I don't know if I can uh, go to the funeral because I don't like, I don't like dead bodies. I have a thing with them. Like, oh, I don't want, you know, and I was like, I don't know if I can go. My mom was like, okay. And she was really disappointed. She was like, okay, like if you can't come, I understand. Cause you know, you have, cause it was acting. And I think I had a show that I was doing and I was like, I'm not sure. And that night I actually had a dream and my dad was in the dream. And it was so strange because I hadn't talked to my dad and had a conversation with him in like maybe seven years because he, at that point, his mind was not there. Mm. So we were having a conversation just, you know, and talking and he was sitting in this big wicker chair and we were just talking and he was talking to me like in a way that he talked to me when my son was little and my son went to go visit him. And I had, I was missing my son at the time because he went to there for the summer so I could go to culinary school. It was the first time I was away from him for three months and I missed him so much. And I would like call my dad crying all the time. <laughs> like, I and so I bought this fish and then like, you know, I, I had put together this whole aquarium and I bought this fish and my fish died. This is many, many years ago. And so I was talking to my dad about how sad I was about this fish dying. And meanwhile, I'm an adult, like a full adult. And I'm just like crying to my dad about fish. And he was so, cause my dad was always like a special person who like would, you know, have that, like hold that sensitivity he could at that point. And um, he was just like, well, it's okay. You know, things pass away. And so there was just this way he talked to me. And in the dream, that's the same exact way. Like when I was mourning the fish, this is how he was talking about. And he was like, well, you know, um, I think it might be a really good idea if you go to Maryland. And I was like, I know dad, but I don't really want to go because I just, it's too much, it's too heavy. I, I just can't deal with it. And I can't deal with everybody. And everybody's kind of like not, everybody's angry, everybody's hurt. And I just, I can't be that person that's holding things together and I don't want to be lashed out. And, and he was like, well, you know, I think your mom really needs you though, you know? And I think, I think you can do this. And he was just talking to me like so like matter of factly and so supportive and everything. And um, we had this conversation, I think like a 20 minute conversation. I don't remember everything, but I remember those points. And I woke up. And I was like, oh, well, absolutely, I need to go. <laughs> so I called my mom and I was like, well, I just come of dad. And he told me that I should come. So I'm coming tomorrow. And she Aww. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, so those synchronicities, dreaming about him at the time, there's one, one other little synchronicity, because I think this is important. One other little story. I love telling stories. So my bird, I had an African gray. Again, this I was talking about birds. I had an African gray parrot at the time. And he was the Maui house with my ex. And he, when we moved to New well, initially we didn't know we were going to move. We were just there for a period of time. We were in New York and he flew away. Uh, or she, I'm sorry, she flew away. And oh I was so upset because I was so connected to that bird. And, you know, they talk and everything, say, I love you and all that. And so we just couldn't find her. And we had, you know, kind of given up because it had been several months since we had seen her. And so on the, we went to the wake or we went to view the body the day before. And I was just like, I can't, like, I was just feeling at an all time low. Cause like I said, it's hard to view bodies of your loved ones. And, yeah. and because of the type of church and religion, my family is in, there's a lot of open casket, you know, and I already never every culture and the people do that, but that's just what they did. And I was just like, you guys like, Oh my gosh, like I, I just, it's hard to keep viewing and see this. So we went to view and then the next day. And so it was before the funeral. And I was just like, I don't think I can do this. I don't, I don't think I can show up. Why are we doing this? Why does it have to be so big? Why is everybody invited? Why can't I mourn by myself? I just really wanted to be alone. I didn't want to be public. I didn't want to be in the front pew. I just was like, I want to go like the hermit in the cave and not deal with anybody and deal with this on my own while also trying to be strong for my son. 
So I was like, I don't think I can go through this. I, I don't, I don't even think like everything was a task to get up to use the back. Like I just felt like something was pushing Heavy. down on me. So I get a call like at 10 o'clock that night from this guy. And he was like, hi. Um, so this is going to really weird. Have your bird. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like you, you put something on Facebook, right? Because like we, I was in the park, I was at Keopalani Park and this bird flew down and you know, it's African gray, has a red tail, looks really friendly. And I don't know, but like I, I told my daughter to look and I, and I, we looked up on Facebook because I had put all this missing bird and I think we have your bird. And I was like, well, can you send me pictures? And it was so strange because like 10 o'clock, right? You know, I was like, send me pictures. And so he sends me pictures. Because you're six hours ahead, like, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. And so he sends me pictures. And I'm looking, I was like, oh my gosh, that looks like Honey Girl. I was like, okay, well, her name was Honey Girl. And I was like, okay, well, let me send, I'm like, I'm going to send my ex over to see you, you know, and okay, wait, wait, give me, and I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So I was like, okay, well, give me, so where are you, and yeah, what's your telephone number, and what's your name? And he said, my name is James, which is my dad's name. Oh, wow. Yes. Like, and my ex went over, and it was her, and he brought her back. And James called me and I just said to myself, like, okay, I can do this. And so I told, I ran upstairs to my mom and I was like, mom, oh my God, you're never going to believe what happened. This guy found Honey Girl. And she was like, what? You know, she like wakes up and then she's like, what? And I was like, yes, and guess what? And I'm telling her a story and I'm like crying and crying. And I'm like, and his name is James. And then my mother starts crying. Aww. And then she calls like my brother. And then we call my sister and it's a chain. It's a chain and we're calling family and we're calling and everybody's crying and everybody. And it was just one of those things that like helped, you know, held us together in that. And again, like that could have been just names whatever you know but, but for me um i chose to believe that that was like some deeper you know spirituality some deeper thing my dad just come in and again like you guys you know you can do this you know and so um yeah pay attention to the synchronicities pay attention to those little things especially when you're grieving because i think our loved ones come through and they tell us all the time. And if we're open to that, then, then we can actually aid in our healing and speed in our healing and still feel connected. Even though it's going to feel like a different connection, it'll you'll still feel connected, you know? Yeah, I, I've learned. It, I don't think it, I learned right away, but maybe like yeah. the, when I hit the 10-year mark or beyond, that mm -hmm. um, the love that the people I miss who have gone before me to the next life, that the love that they have is still the same mm -hmm. it just, it just mm -hmm. seems like it's one-sided like the love is yeah. still there it's just it's like I'm only talking and I can hear myself you know because like maybe I got to be more quiet to, yeah. to to like you said look for the signs and then yeah. uh they would want us to be happy and not yeah. um, be crying for them and yeah. that we carry on their legacy and yeah. so all the love that we would pour into them, we pour into our children or we pour into being a kind human being and being more yeah. empathetic because the world needs more love. Yeah. And so we carry on their legacy in that way. And when I, yeah. when I finally had that mindset, it was like, it was profound because, you know, all those years you, you, you just miss them. You just want them back, you know, mm -hmm. and it's normal to feel that way. It's very normal. Absolutely. but the love that they made us feel to to take that love and to transform it into ourselves 
the love mm-hmm. they have and like love ourselves too and then mm-hmm. spread it it it's powerful yeah you know yeah. and so and telling the story that, oh you're welcome well and i think in telling our loved ones stories and telling you know that i really wanted to be hermit during the funeral because i didn't want to publicly deal with everything and one thing that I learned because they had um, my brother, uh, my, my older brother, I have an older brother, um, who was my dad's son by a different uh, mom, but he was raised with us. And basically my mom was like his mom and he was a minister. And so he actually, you know, gave the whole like sermon and talked and everything, which I thought was just profound to do for his father, who he also had a bit of a tumultuous relationship with, but to see him show up like that was so beautiful. And they had several family members and friends And one friend of mine from childhood, who I actually don't really talk to that much anymore, she stood up and talked about my dad and talked about like the effect that he had on her life and, and, and fun stories. And I had no idea that people talking about him would help me, you know, because I thought like, if this is going to be painful, it's too, like, I can't understand how that would be. And I realized like, um, people who are grieving from people that they love and care about telling their stories is a way of keeping them alive. And, yes. And I, I have agree. A, I have a, I have a friend who lost her mom um, a couple years ago and I had like a bunch of pictures because we were always on the beach together and, you know, and I just had pictures of her and I will like from time to time, like, just like, here's a picture. Remember it. Cause I called her mom, my mom, cause my mom was only made with salt. She was like mom to me. So I was like, here's a picture of mom, you know, and just of all of us on the beach, you know, and just different, like just talking about stories and also telling people, like I told her once that I had had a conversation with her mother and how much her mother loved her and was proud of her. You know, a lot of times, like we don't tell people that, you know, or sometimes, you know, it's, you know, guys for granted their emotions, you know? So when someone says to you, I just want to let you know that your father or your sister or your mother of the person you lost loves you or loved you so much. She always talked about you. He was always so proud of you. It's just like, wow. You know, that's, that's comforting. So mm-hmm. I, I, I tell people, because sometimes people don't know how to um, deal with people who are grieving. They Sometimes they avoid them because they, yeah. they feel guilty. They feel bad. They don't want to hurt them or whatnot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they don't realize like, for, it's been what, 19 years since my sister died. Mm-hmm. When people randomly like I don't even know them walk up to me and just say oh are you Kiala's sister and I was like yes they're like oh there's this one time and then they just share like a simple story mm-hmm. and then it warms my heart because I can tell by their sharing that that they love her too yeah and I think it's important for us to allow people in our life to share their memories of our loved ones because it, it makes them live on Mm-hmm. and to know that people care yeah the way we care for them it, it yeah. it's it's important and so it's it's good sorry Ma. oh no that's okay too. I'm, just, I'm like literally clinging to my soda lights <laughs> i'm like holding my crystal to your life so i'm not like no worries girl i just got a big old crystal right here this soda light <laughs> She's all cheating the system. I'm, all- I'm totally <laughs> cheating. I'm like, I'm not getting emotional. I'm not getting emotional. <laughs> not the soda light keeps you. It just keeps the, 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 the talking in the, in the- <laughs> and I think that's, but 
also like I'm so glad that we're laughing because to me that is grief. It is like, oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. And then at a split second, something super funny and hilarious. And you're also letting that through. And that was another thing I didn't realize because I was like, I had to give myself permission to laugh. Like I had to say, like some things were funny. You know, like <laughs> a lot like, of there was just funny. Yeah, there was. And we were just like, why what like 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 why did mom choose that tie for that tie? Dad would have hated that tie. And we're laughing about that. And it's like, you know, oh my god, just weird. Like so allowing yourself to also just laugh at stuff that might seem like, oh, that's kind of dark humor and that doesn't have a place for it. You know, like you're feeling both, you know, and I think that's humanity in its totality, you know. Um, going through that and and we're just staying open to all of those emotions and knowing that like I think laughter and and grief they actually live very because it's it's release because laughter is release right it's release of emotion and pent-up emotion it releases it so a lot of times you'll find yourself at a deep emotional state but then you know you open so yeah that you know and that's a (laughs) it's a great way to end this whole discussion that yeah you you can mourn and you can still laugh yes because it's it's all in here affecting your throat and your heart and you you when you laugh it's like you're freeing it you know you're acknowledging it but you're freeing it and then it comes in waves and you just roll with it you know Mm -hmm. like even with everything Mm -hmm. with the pandemic we're all grieving in some shape way or form maybe some people they, they still work the whole the whole time but other people that are in their family or friends family lost someone you know like during this time or they lost their jobs and so we're all trying to do the best that we can to support one another and some people just revealed who was real in our lives and who weren't and yeah. and so we're grieving yeah. relationships yeah. that you know wasn't wasn't gonna last in a time like this but was already there is just this kind of like disrupted it all and so there's a A lot lot of people have lost lost relationships or have kind of renegotiated what that relationship looks like you know based on just what they need in their life I mean it's also okay to to if your cup is full and you're not able to hold the space for everyone to let them know, you know, I've had a friend say, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on and I am just not going to be able to show up in your life the way that I want to. And, um, you know, I, you know, we had a discussion about that. So I think that like, that's important, you know, to understand that, we're weaving in and out of it and, and also just allowing for those relationships to transform and, you know, and also knowing that there's like other relationships, you know, that the beautiful thing about it is energy takes up space. Oops, excuse me. Energy takes up space, right? So when you have energy, if you have a negative relationship or a relationship that's causing you a lot of trauma and a lot of pain in your life, um, and you put so much energy into that. You put me, it's holding up a space in your energetic field. It's holding up a space for your, your, like how much you're texting, how much you're talking, you know, hours, you know, the, the fights that you have, the makeups that you have, it's taking space. When you're able to release relationships like that, you'll find that other people will come in and you'll say, well, oh my gosh, I had, you know, like, how did that happen? Well, they were probably always there all along, but you just, your focus, your eye was somewhere else 
themselves. So it always seems that when there's a release, there's something else that comes in. And the thing that comes in is actually so much more aligned with who you are and, and staying, but again, you know, that creature of habit, our old friends, but this was my friend for this long. And this was my friend who got me through this. I mean, that's another thing. When you have friends that have been there through losses and through pain and through suffering and they, they help, you know, they were there when my child was sick. They, you know, we have these loyalties to people, these really strong loyalties. And then sometimes that are detrimental. Exactly. And so you're just like, no, but I can't leave this person because they were there when no one else was, which is such a gift for them to be there at that time when no one else was. That's such a gift. Now you're in a different place. And if the relationship hasn't evolved to the place that you're in right now, now the things that you're dealing with, they might not be able to deal with. And it doesn't mean that it has to be an ending of the friendship. It can just be that the friendship is kind of shifting into something else. And what you might need is some, is this other situation or this other person that's coming into your life, or you might need more time alone. So there's, you know, the myth of the, this is my best friend. It's like through everything. I mean, and that's great if people have that, but the reality of it, the way that kind of a lot of people are seeing friendships are there's layers, there's tiers to friendships. You have, you know, your associates, you have people that you kind of talk to on the job or your business associates or whatever. You have friends, your friends that are like family, you have family members, you have people that you partner your life with that you want to live with and have a family with, or, and, or you just, you know, have romantic feelings towards. Like there's so many different tiers and people a lot of times are moving up and down those tears. And I think when we understand that and we understand the nature of what each relationship is in our lives, we're not putting everything on one as opposed to like, you know, we're spreading it out. So then as people move in and out, we're not so attached to this one person leaving because we know that we have other people. It's part of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and and this time more than ever, like we realize that. Mm -hmm. Well, I am that we had this time and and i think we definitely you know have a lot we can we have in common and we can share about um and then i wanted people to know how can they find you on social media because you do go live on i do I do. I go live on Instagram every Wednesday, and that is at one eleven Hawaii Standard Time. I believe that's four eleven on the West Coast and seven eleven on the East Coast. And for everybody yes. outside of that, you can figure that out. Because I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I go. So I go live on Instagram, and usually I'm talking about like the energy of the week, like what's going on astrologically, and then I'll just pinpoint into like some detail, something that's specific to what we're all going through. And I talk about that. If people have any questions, they can always like email me. And then me on DM YouTube, me. Uh, what, what yes. is the channel name? Because if, if oh. he, some people are on yeah. Facebook, some people are yeah. on Instagram. Some Absolutely. So in, on Instagram, I'm the underscore wild underscore wahine. On YouTube, I'm the wild wahine. On Facebook, I'm the wild wahine. And I'm also on Twitter on the wild wahine. So the only one that has underscores is Instagram because I didn't snatch up the name quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> forums i have a direct link on facebook and on instagram to my online scheduler if you want to schedule a reading a tarot reading a kissology reading or an astrology reading and you can also find it at www.thewildwahine.as.me 
And on YouTube, I have videos. I always, um, I'll go live, but I do save my lives and move them to IG okay. TV, right? Yeah. Yes, I IG say story. So they're on my IG TV and I also put them on YouTube as well. And I also have some videos that are just for YouTube where we talk a lot about, um, I have one up there that's really interesting about um, emotions and I go through various different emotions. I started with anger as an emotion and I'll talk more about like astrology and signs and things like that. So if you um, have any questions, you can always email me at Keilani, K-E-I-L-A-N-I at thewildwakening.com. Thank you. And, so oh, and I wanted oh. to offer, and I wanted oh, to okay, offer okay. one last thing for all of your listeners uh, for the month of August. If they want to book a session, they will get a 20% discount for, <laughs> yeah, for all of, and so I think I'll probably call it, um, Aloha, um, healing with Aloha, I don't, he, healing with Aloha, I don't, maybe need to shorten it, but I will give you the discount code and you can like, okay. and then I'll put it on top of the, the podcast and then wherever yes. the podcast is. Okay. Yes. Yeah, guys, take advantage of that deal. I did the kissology and yeah. tell you, your lips see a lot more than you think. <laughs> yeah. I'll call it probably healing aloha. That's what I'll call it. Yeah. Okay. No, that sounds yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for um, your time. And let me just um, close it out and you can just stay on here. Uh, yeah. So guys, thank you so much for joining us with Kehlani today for Healing with Aloha podcast. Uh, find us on anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Pinterest. And we look forward to... Um, the next time we go live and on, on the podcast, but sending all of our love and a hoo hoo until the next time. Aloha.